Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right, here we go again. Hello to everyone in podcast land today. Thanks for joining us. Sean, how are you feeling? Pretty good. It's great to be back. I'm hyped to dive into our second book review. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. We be reading. <laughs> we be reading. <laughs> All right. Uh, so today we're going to talk about um, Think and Grow Rich, which is the book to read on everyone's list that's looking for success or, you know, on everybody's top 10 list to read on who's achieving or striving to reach some level of success, whether it's business success, success or personal success. Right. So um, we've, we've read it. We're going to give you our feedback and uh, we'll, you know, some key takeaways as we usually do. But first, we'll give a little background on the book itself. So Think and Grow Rich was written by Napoleon Hill in 1937. Um, It was promoted as a personal development, self-help, self-improvement book. Um, The claim at the time, Napoleon Hill, he claimed to be uh, inspired uh, by it, to write it from a suggestion from uh, Andrew Carnegie. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was first published during the Great Depression. And, you know, from now to then, it's been, you know, it's sold over 15 million copies, right? Um, Not to cut you off, but you it. say claim to, you uh, You think you're a little skeptical of whether he really had all these conversations with Carnegie? Well, it's not that I'm skeptical of it. It's just that, you know, upon doing some more research, I've come across some reports that he was also considered a con man, right? Uh, so, and that a lot of his claims weren't fully accurate, such as knowing Andrew Carnegie, you know, or that he was actually uh, an attorney, right? So the information isn't, information isn't, wasn't ready available to us about people like that back in that day, right? So it's, it can go either way. But for the sake of this episode, you know, the book is still an influential book, right? And that doesn't take away from the influence of the book and the points that was taken away. But I think it would be uh, you know, just as far as doing due diligence, say there was a little controversy around his inspiration and a lot of his claims and even some of the stories, even though, you know. That's good to know because I actually didn't know that information. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah. So, um, right. So just wanted to put that out there. But, that you know, before we got into it, but um, very successful. Right. It's, uh, it's all the top, all those top accounts and leaders in the industry tell you to read this book. I do want to make a point, though. I wouldn't necessarily call this a business book, right? Um, would you agree, Sean? Like, would you? Yeah, I mean, if you had to categorize it, it may fall under self-help or, right. or like, personal development or, right. or something like that. Right. So, you know, the reason why we reviewed this book is that a lot of, I think there's a lot of lessons that could be taken uh, from here in regards to growing a business. But even if you aren't a person that's trying to grow or create a business, if you're on a journey of self-development, it can still be, you know, there's a lot of takeaways and inspirations and stuff that could be uh, gleaned from this book. Now that we got the particulars and the little controversy behind <laughs> behind us, uh, let's get into the actual content and, and you know, the, some lessons and ideas from the book. So I'll, I'll start off with you, Sean. Uh, what were some of the uh, areas of, you know, topics that stood out to you in the book? Or what's the gist, or the gist of it that stood out to you? I mean, the gist of it that stood out to me is just kind of how short-term failure isn't 
is what it is short term. So mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily um, determine the long term outcome. If you're, you know, is the main theme of the book is about having your mental pictures as solid and a strategy built around your mental picture of whatever the goal is mm-hmm. and building your strategy and your daily affirmations and everything else around that. So, um, yeah. Right. I would, I would agree. I think, you know, for me, throughout all the lessons and all the principles that was broken down in the book, one of the biggest takeaways I uh, got from the book was really about the power of your, your mind and your mental, like, uh, you know, law of attraction, you, you won't achieve the success. You won't get to where you're trying to go if you don't believe it. And if your mental isn't fortified for it to happen. Right. Like a lot of people have, you know, they want a certain level of success. They want a certain level of status in life. They have dreams, especially today. Right. Today there is, uh, you know, everybody wants to not everybody, but a lot of people wants to be a certain type of status, celebrity, business person, boss, whatever we want to call it. But, you know, when you break down the details of their mental and, and why they aren't succeeding, you know, a lot of times it can be traced to the mental outlook that they have on 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 going about it and how they perceive things and the fortitude and how their mind is built to uh, go about it. And then you realize they're, you know, they're not built for it. The mental isn't strong enough or, or they don't have a certain mindset that will help enhance those uh, goals that they're trying to achieve, right? Yeah. And it's also about kind of having, um, I guess, being steadfast in your vision and mm-hmm. making sure that all of your actions are still working towards that same goal. Right. To your point, a lot of the people who don't or a lot of situations where, you know, those waver is people who may have uh, goalposts that are always moving. Right. Like mm-hmm. I want to be an influencer today. I want to be a YouTuber tomorrow. I want to be an entrepreneur Thursday. You know, um, sometimes those align, but sometimes uh, you're just following a wave. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, definitely, especially uh, the aspect of there's a difference between wishing for something and being ready to receive it, right? And that really, that point in the book really, you know, spoke to me. You know, I've seen it a lot on my journey and I've met a lot of people. And you, you know, you come across a lot of entrepreneurs and, and you know, people who, they want the success, right? They want the success. I I want to be in these rooms. I want to be here. People should know my name. I should be closing these deals. And they're not ready to receive it, right? And, and being ready means a lot of different things. Like, they're not ready because they don't, they can't even pitch their business, right? Like, you want to be in this room, but why should you be in this room? You're not even ready to tell me what you do that warrants you being in this room, right? Or yeah. the the fear, you know, people will self-sabotage themselves and then a deal may not go through or a certain uh, circumstance may not happen uh, because of subconscious behavior that they're doing because they're not even really ready to receive it. And their subconscious is sabotaging those efforts without them even being aware of that. Right. That's a great that's a great uh, segue because I was going to ask you. Um, he does have like uh, almost a whole chapter dedicated to kind of like your subconscious mind and mm-hmm. and, and uh, fortifying it and auto suggestion mm-hmm. as he puts it. Um, mm-hmm. So 
Um, what did you feel about those chapters I mean, and those lessons? Well, you know me, I'm I'm big on <laughs> this. Is my personal philosophy, you know, I'm I'm big on uh, um, that way of thinking, right? How you're, mm-hmm. I'm I, um, I don't know what the word is right now, but. I subscribe heavily to the power of auto suggestion and your mental and how your subconscious plays a big role in our lives, right? Uh, right? Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So if you think you can't do it, then you can't do it. Right? If you think you can, then it, you you will figure out a way on how to do it. And for me, the way I, on a personal level, things I want to achieve, my mental, I don't I don't approach it from a perspective of I can't. Right. It's just like, well, let's figure it out first. Right. Um, so, yes, the, your subconscious auto suggestion without question, 100 <laughs> percent. Yes. Right. Uh, I totally believe and subscribe to that. I know a lot of talented people. Skill set is high. Certain level, you know, they have all the quote unquote tools to be, you know, to knock whatever dreams and goals that they want out of the stratosphere. But what they are lacking is a subconscious mindset and auto suggestion that helps propel them to that next level. So, uh, and you have to, ha- your ideas have to start in your mind, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, if you- I think this is a quote from the book. It says, mm-hmm. visualization of and belief in the attainment of desire is the definition of faith. So, mm-hmm. sounds real biblical, real, <laughs> real spiritual, but. They're talking about faith and whatever that is, the idea is, that goal is in your mind, mm-hmm. and having faith in it, visualiza- visualization of it, and belief in it. You know, that's the that's how you attain desire, what you desire. So, just to what you're saying, it's like you gotta really believe that when you're in the room, you're there for a reason, mm-hmm. and you know that you back it up with the auto suggestion, but also which the book talks about is your organized planning. You back it up with that too. Right. And, and and it's not, let's let's be clear, though, the auto-suggestion in the subconscious, that it's not to be confused with false confidence. Not right? at all, no. Not to be confused with false confidence. It's it's a true belief and understanding that I am here, I have a purpose, you know, this is my goal, this is how I'm going to achieve it, I'm focused on it. But, again, it is the mind, but you have to put the action behind it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it goes hand in hand. You can't just think it and say it's going to happen think it first yes where's the action behind it but it starts with the power of the auto suggestion right um i i i will say in a current world situation we spend a lot of time you know uh we neglect our mental a lot right and not just saying we neglect our mental health at society we just don't really give as much as attention to just the thoughts in our mind and manifesting and cultivate, you know, curating our thoughts and, and cultivating these ideas. We'll spend more time on our physical, right? Um, but the seeds start from your subconscious. I, I truly believe that. So, yeah, yeah so I this- started visualizing <laughs> some stuff as you were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this, 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 that chapter, that part definitely spoke to me. So, for sure, for definitely for sure on that. Um, any other, what was the, uh, um, some other key takeaways that you got from it? Um, they gave a little, which, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one. They gave a little tips to overcome procrastination. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, they had a little section of that. Um, so I, 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 the mastery of procrastination is definitely a skill. Um, and you know, and it, and it talks about how that's a part of becoming successful is mastering that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's so many 
you know, this book was written during the Great Depression, and you know, we're still reading it uh, in our current times, and it's it's just wild how so many of these lessons are you can apply to today's scenario, to today's lifestyle, right? I guess that's why it's so relevant to today, and people still read it. There's so many distractions out here, so many distractions. I mean, it's so easy to say social media is a distraction, right? That's like the default. Uh, whipping boy but i mean there is a lot of truth to it is you know we have social media we have television we have x amount of ways to stream movies we have video games right um you know these are this is you know all these areas of an outlet to distract us from being productive right uh and leads to more procrastination there's no sense of urgency sometimes um with within ourselves to achieve certain things. And again, this isn't just for people that's creating a business or want to create a business because, you know, not everybody is going to be on their business grind, right? But any type of goal we have in life, we see how so many areas of distractions is just easily, easily, you know, uh, uh, thrown off course by some type of areas of distraction and procrastination, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I wanted to kind of get your opinion on is um, they discussed, um, which, you know, before reading this book, I never thought of the different kinds of imagination. Um, mm. You know, creative people just think creativity is creativity, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. They, they talk about synthetic imagination versus creative imagination. You know? mm-hmm. um, and so I'm curious what you thought of that section. And that was really a revelation for me. And that's probably the section that stood out to me the most because I didn't realize it was a difference. And when they explained it, it made so much sense. Right. So, you know, I, I, I agree. That That's a good chapter. Um, for me, I always, I think for for us as society, we always think if you're a person that has imagination, you're usually an artsy person, right? Like you got to be some type of an eccentric character, and and things like that. And mm-hmm. I've, I I don't think I've ever fully subscribed to that. You know, we usually attribute imagination to people that look and dress a certain way or come up with these crazy ideas, these flamboyant ideas. But you know, there's people just quote unquote normal looking people and we behave in a normal way that are just as imagine imaginative right um so breaking that area down yeah the two forms of imagination where would where would you say you lean more towards you're more the synthetic imagination yeah and i didn't even know it um Mm. because what i'm really good at is taking the existing idea and existing concept and reapplying it or you know reimagining it Mm -hmm. and i always consider myself creative but i never you know I, I don't think I pull ideas from the infinite intelligence, and that could, we could get into the infinite intelligence too for those who aren't aware, because that's a big part of this book. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what the creative imagination is versus the synthetic, uh, how he describes it. And the exact definition he has written here is the synthetic imagination arranges existing ideas, concepts, and strategies, mm-hmm. and that's that describes me very well. I think I think I can see something that's already existing mm-hmm. and see how I can apply it to a different business or different video or a different something else you know what i mean right. um so that's where i land hmm, i feel you i mean i would um i would think i'm a, a little bit of a hybrid of both depending on the circumstances i feel like as i've gotten older i'm probably getting more to the synthetic side mm-hmm. <laughs> unless on the you know um synthetic imagination as opposed to the creative when i still do visual designs and and you know visual uh 
work, you know, I definitely can tap into the creative side, but I know my mind starts to wander and thinking of more practical and remixing of things and, you know, uh, how can I apply it to existing scenarios? So, uh, ask me in about five more years. I don't know which side <laughs> of the uh, road I'll be, but I think I'm a little bit of a hybrid right now, personally. Yeah. And you kind of alluded to it. You said you tap into the creative side. So infinite intelligence, the, 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 all the mental, all the ideas in the world out there floating in the ether that we can tap into at any time, mm -hmm. at least according to him. <laughs> what right. do you think about that? I mean, if infinite, listen, I am, when it comes to infinite intelligence and, and just the whole concept, I am, even before I picked up this book, my, the way I, I'm always going to learn, or as long as I can possibly keep learning, I'm going to keep learning. Right. So, um, yes, infinite this this for me, my mind is in a state of, saying there is so much in the world to know about and to learn about that I'm probably not going to be able to absorb and comprehend, right? There's not enough time to to take it all in. But I will make an effort to try to learn as much as I can for relevant things and things that I'm interested in that's going to help my overall uh, growth as a person and a, and a being, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, what does that mean? Obviously, I can't learn everything. I can't dedicate time to all these ideas and stuff but there's an abundance of ideas and and intelligence and information that i just you know where would one have the time it's sometimes it's a little overwhelming but at the same time for me it's encouraging to know that this exists and there's only room for opportunity and growth with that yeah um i mean it's, it's i feel like it's a hard concept for people to grasp or maybe not hard let me just say it's 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 out there man it's out to think that there's a whole world out there that you can, you know, it's out there. I this is and so here's here's why I would agree. The concept of knowledge, right, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, the amount of knowledge that's out here, it, it can be overwhelming. It's an overwhelming idea, an overwhelming concept, right? Like you're telling me. For most people, when we think of knowledge, for a lot of people, it's confined to formal education, right? I went to school, I went to college. Maybe I go to graduate, doctor. It's it's a very linear thinking when we think about knowledge, right? Yeah. For, for for a lot of people, um, I might get specialized in something. That's it. It's my area of expertise. I don't know nothing. I don't, I'm not trying to learn anything. I mean, you know, a lot of people are totally fine with cutting off their learning at a certain age and point in their life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and. But then to change, take that con that idea and say, no, there's always more to learn. And it's not just formal. You can learn from other people. You can learn life lessons. You can learn from other cultures or uh, traveling. Or there's things that we don't even know yet that needs to be discovered for more knowledge. <laughs> right? Um, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, but And for some people, it's just they're good. They'd rather jump over into the... The procrastination area right or the distraction area which is which is totally fine but with that being said you know i think whoever's reading this book can use that as actually a source of inspiration it can actually be used as a source of inspiration especially for people that may feel like their idea is already being done right mm -hmm. yeah and then i get a lot of that i get a lot of that you know my peers and it's like you know I've, they got this idea already and mm -hmm. i'm like so i remember when trading spouses 
Mm-hmm. And what was the wife swap? Was mm-hmm. both on the TV at the same exact time. You right, know what I mean? Right. People drink Coke and people drink Pepsi. So, right, right. Yeah. Um, no, I totally, totally agree. That that infinite knowledge area helps with that a lot because they don't even see within themselves, right? Um, like you just said. Um, I, I think about sneakers, right? I'm not even a sneaker head, but I am definitely aware of the sneak, the variety of sneakers that's out, right? The variety of clothing brands television, computers, devices. There's so many options and there's new options in each of these categories coming out almost on a weekly, quarterly basis, right? So why not Why not try your idea? Why not go out and at least try? If you try and you fail, there's, there's lessons to be learned in failure as we've already discussed in our book review of The Lean Startup, right? <laughs> so uh, there's a lesson to learn. There's growth from that as well. So, and that comes with the, you know, the aspect of absorbing that infinite concept of the infinite knowledge. All right. So, what do we think about the uh, the mastermind group? Um, you know, I personally, again, another concept I wasn't I was aware of abstractly, mm-hmm. and it was probably me tapping into the infinite intelligence without knowing it. Right. Um, but I was aware of the concept. Um, abstractly, abstractly, and I had groups like that in my life mm. for those purposes. But seeing it spelled out and written in the book, a made me tighten them up. Realize that I, okay, these groups I have, I need to make them purposeful. But also, b um, just showed me that it was a real idea, and it, was, and it was, became more than just something I did without knowing it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I know for me, when I read the read this book, I was at a, it was a personal pivotal moment in life, right? Um, mm-hmm. Definitely from a business perspective, I felt I was hitting a ceiling, right? Some, something was going on, but I couldn't quite figure it out. And I would recommend for anybody who, I wouldn't even say wait till you hit a plateau or till you have, I think it's, you should just do it to have it, have a mastermind group, right? So just for people who may not be familiar with the concept of the mastermind group, it is essentially creating a group of people that keeps you accountable for whatever goals you're trying to achieve, whatever, you know, uh, breakthroughs you're trying to have in life, you know, whether it is business or whether it is personal, you can have more than one mastermind group. But the main point of it is to have people that, you know, it's essentially the breakdown of the concept, still sharp and still, right? So... You have people that's going to hold you accountable. Why didn't you said you was going to do this by this time? You said you was going to get an LLC by this date. Why haven't you gotten? What's the reason? What's the excuse? You know, and call, basically calling you out on it. So as you are creating this mastermind group, it's definitely going to be important to create it with people who are going to hold you accountable. You know, you don't want, you know, your, your best friend. Of course, I'm sure they love you and they're encouraging you. But if they're not going to hold you accountable and they'll be like, oh, don't worry about it. You do it next week or next month or something. That's not really someone you want in your mastermind group because they're not really going to push you to that next level. They're going to encourage you, but they're not going to hold you accountable from taking that next step and moving forward with the progress that you're trying to achieve. All right. Uh, so how's your uh, mastermind going? I mean currently with the COVID-19 situation, uh, a lot of my mastermind groups, um, I think ours included has kind of been, it's kind of been light. Um, but, um, you know, uh, but the ones that are active are the ones that are, you know, that I need right now, you know, to be, to be actionable. So, 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't complain. Okay, well, good, good to see that they're still flowing. So there's there's a kind of a section. It just says creating material success from abstract thought, and that kind of I think it sums up what the whole book is about, right? Mm -hmm. You're thinking to grow rich, so you're creating material success, not like you know the idea of success. What success means to me, what success means to you. No, Mm -hmm. it's not an abstract idea of success, personal success. It's material success Mm -hmm. from abstract thought. Yeah, I mean, so, again, you just hit a good point. It is really about the mind, and the reoccurring theme that you're constantly going to get hit with throughout this book is the power of the mind and using the power of your own mental to manifest your dreams and improve yourself, whether it is in business, whether it's in your personal life, and so forth. However, to be clear, it's you just don't think it. You know, you have to put action behind it. You have to put action behind it, but you also have to have these other elements, such as you got to be able to think creative, creative, creatively. You got to be able to think of these big concept ideas. You got to, you know, really be. You it's mastery yourself. Is that is I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you know? that's the best way to put it. Yeah, for real. you know, have mastery yourself. Mastery yourself, which brings us to another important part of the book: uh, the sexual transmutation era. All right. Um, I think for a lot of people, when they come across this, you know, even the people who I've discussed this before, they were really surprised by this and uh, also confused by by this section, right, about uh, sexual transmutation. And that's interesting because I kind of got it right away. I mean, as as you laid it, out. it might it might be a uh, maybe maybe all right, maybe the men got it right away. I think um, could be. I think yeah. Uh, Certain, you know, some of the feedback that I got were from women. I guess they, they didn't even realize the, you know, the sexual energy that is put out there in regards to business goals and, and trying to achieve certain things in life. As a, as a, as a man, for me, this was, this hit, this is probably one of the most clearest topics, right? Like, oh, I get it, right? And they had so many prime examples that kind of just uh help drive home that point so for people that haven't read it uh haven't not read this book yet how would what would be the layman easiest way you would go about describing this area of, of the book the section i want a disclaimer that this is not an original idea from that i've constructed okay. <laughs> through okay. my synthetic imagination but okay. i've pulled it from you know <laughs> hills so, but um the theory goes is that there's a couple of ways that you can um you can make your mind susceptible enough to tap into the infinite intelligence out there and really increase the you know increase your success and one of the ways they mentioned is narcotics type mm. is, you know, oh, yeah. freeing your mind through the narcotics. Uh-huh. And another one of the big ones they mentioned is, you know, sexual energy and how that also opens up your mind. Mm. Um, and that's basically what that chapter is about is the power of sexual energy. And, and you know, it, like why well, I, well, I say disclaimer in the beginning, because it's not sexually harassing your coworkers. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yes. No, no, no. We don't but, do that. We don't, <laughs> right. we don't do but that. What it is, but what it, it could be um, is realizing, you know, in your branding. Um, mm-hmm. Which colors the color red induces, you know, whatever kind of feelings in a person mm-hmm. that the color blue doesn't. Mm-hmm. That kind of sexual energy you get from your logo, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. You're applying those concepts to your business and to your goals, and you're realizing that sexual energy does flow from us and from colors and visuals and things like that. So. Right. I will also say so. Another that's that's a good point and and good in how you describe it. It's also about 
where you, for men at least, where the men focus their sexual energy and use their sexual energy in regards to achieving their goals, right? So the energy that us as humans uh, have, you know, sexual energy, it's usually directed in all over the place, especially when you're younger, right? So the theory is, you know, very rarely are people uh, successful in their 20s and 30s, especially men, uh, because they're too preoccupied chasing women. <laughs> right. Right. using the sexual uh, energy for other things and as they transmute and take that energy that's so focused on dating and, and being a life and, and you know being in the streets and, and XYZ they harness that energy and they redirect it into other things such as getting their life together such as creating goals and being you know starting a business and things like that of course you can do those same things in your 20s and your 30s. That's not what's being said. But what they're saying is that the energy that is usually wasted or expended, and it's not say wasted, depending on who you're talking to, right? But the energy that's expended during those years, you know, from the sexual, the energy that you're using from your sexual energy during those years uh, transmutes and you transfer into other endeavors because you're just not so focused on, on those type of activities and endeavors anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's not pretending that, you know, that you don't feel that energy. It's, oh, yeah, it's sure. using it and applying it to something productive. Yeah. Right. Right. It doesn't, it's not like you become, you know, uh, what, what's the, what's the word? Asexual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. It's just that you're just, you're becoming more, it goes back to the mastery itself. You're more in control of yourself and your energy and how you're exerting it and what you're willing to expend it upon. And it's not, chasing after women and things like that anymore right you know we i think we need to uh because i know a few women who have read this book it would be good to get their point of view on that yeah that's actually it. a good yeah. point yeah yeah so there might be a part two of this uh episode coming up so yeah deep the deep that could be a topic yeah, yeah just yeah. a deep For dive sure. into that um and overall i know we keep harping and talking about the power of the mental and the subconscious and, and you have to think it. And I also think it speaks to a bigger idea of that, you know, we are not using our brain till it's full capacity. Right. Um, I think one of the key things I took away and, and, you know, there's already scientific reports and research that shows that tells us that, uh, we only use a small percentage of our brain. Right. Um, and it just, allows and with reading this book it just kind of always brings back that there's so much potential to achieve so many things and do so many things that we would desire if we really if we really would be able to just tap in a little bit deeper to our, our mental and, and unleash all the potential and we're not even there even the greatest heights that we are uh achieving as a society today still we can go a little bit higher if we was able to even lock more of what's yep. in our brain right yeah so do we I, w I would like to give a retort so to speak right would you is there anything that you would look at this book and be like ah it's kind of not really feeling it or it's kind of weak or it doesn't really apply to me so forth mm, no honestly not me personally i felt it was all very applicable me mm -hmm. um but let me think from a general standpoint right for someone who's not me if there's something in here that like a chapter they'd skip right right so uh -huh. 
Yeah, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I don't want to. No, I didn't have anything. I was oh. trying to think of something. So. <laughs> uh, I will say, so for me, this book, I guess for me, I didn't realize that a lot of things I probably was aware of. And even if I wasn't doing it, I was aware of these concepts, but wasn't really, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't know. Yeah, it exactly. And that's how I felt about the um, mastermind group. Yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't have an articulate form for it, but mm-hmm. I was aware of the concept. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I, I do think I, I'm, I'm personally a bit of a, a cynic in certain areas of life. So I could definitely see where, Someone might read this book and be like, oh, well, so you're just telling me I just got to think it and it's going to happen, you know, and what about everything that's going on in the world and these, uh, um, you know, circumstances that I can't break through, I can't get a business connect here and so forth, Um, you know, trying to, you know, come at it from a different angle, like I, they just don't really believe in the power of the mind and there's so many other circumstances in the world that could be blocking them from their blessings. How would you respond to that? It's hard because, you know, I've been there myself. Right. Um, and I've seen friends who have been there too. And it's usually, at least in my experience, you have to see something. You have to see either a goal that in someone else mm-hmm. or someone achieves something else or mm-hmm. someone touched something that you didn't think was touchable mm-hmm. and that kind of opens your mind to, oh, like I can achieve that. So... I don't know if there's an answer or a paragraph or in the book that can make someone see, you know, what their potential is. So, right. yeah, you know, I I do I do, um, you know, switch from side to side on that, you know, because what I I would say is just because you it's hard you you want to you see someone and you say okay this is an ex- this is an example I can see they achieved it so I definitely can achieve it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, uh, everybody isn't built for that, right? Yeah. Every, everybody, yeah. even you can you can pound an idea into someone's head. You can tell them you gotta think through it. You gotta you gotta master yourself. You gotta you gotta have this confidence. You gotta you know you know think through this and trigger your subconscious and auto suggestion. You can tell them all of that stuff. But there is there are gonna be certain people that are just not going to be able to tap into it, right? Why do you think that is? I don't... I just think... This is this is the other side. I just think some people aren't built that way. I think yeah. it's some people that are going to be innately not built that way, unfortunately. Um, and that does... Anybody can achieve, I think. You know, you read this book, this book can work on anybody, I do think. But then I also say that saying... Everybody isn't built for that, you know, like just just how this is the business grind, right? Just how we say, hey, business isn't for everybody, right? I I think we also have to be fair and say, you know, the thinking rich mentality might not be for everybody. Um, And it's kind of, I guess this might be a little bit of a, uh, you know, contradictory there, considering how much we're bigging the book up and, and the lessons in it. But I do think that there might be, unfortunately, some people that's just, they'll pick it up, they'll put it down, or maybe the messenger isn't, is it isn't in the right message. You know, maybe if the lessons was presented to another person or in a different format, it might be able to help in that regard. 
You know? Yeah, I agree with you, and, and that's kind of what I was saying. I think when you maybe the part I didn't mention is like you got to see somebody in your world achieve mm-hmm. something, right. someone close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can't be just oh my home, my homie I follow on YouTube did this. It's like no, my homie next door did this. Right, um, right, right. For sure, for sure. Um, what, what about the uh, the area about self discipline? Um. I think it goes to the strategy part, right? Mm-hmm. It, it goes to the, and, and it also speaks to the persistence part too. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of, um, you know, being persistent with that and having a, a game plan and, a, and yeah, and making sure you're following through with the idea, not just not just conceptually, but you have an actual method of following through and doing affirmations every day or whatever it is. Right. I I, I think this goes. This also ties into the procrastination area. You yeah. know, it's it can be hard to be self-disciplined. It, it, yeah. it, it can be very hard. Uh, if you're not, I don't know where, I don't know if that's learned or if it's innate, right? Um, but self-discipline is, is so key. It's, it's showing up. It's checking those emails every morning. It's uh, replying. It's meditating. It's, you know, being consistent with it where other people may not, you know, they may take some days off, right? Um you know, and for a person who may not be as disciplined, it is going to be something that you are going to have to learn and really become and stay on top of in order to break through and become that person and achieve a certain goal, especially if it's business related to get to that next level. Uh, it's, it's really not going to come without that discipline. Right. Right. Yeah. That's kind of one of the tools in the toolkit that he mentions that bridges the gap between, you know, what you visualize and it become a tangible. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So before we wrap up, I would like us to touch on the fears, because uh, I really think that's a highly uh, important uh, area to discuss. So one of the biggest fears, you know, a lot of things that hold us back is the fears, right? We have fear of death, fear of uh, poverty, and it's called the six ghosts of fears. That's how what he re- refers it to. So, I mean, in order, it's the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of ill health, uh, the fear of loss of love of someone, loss of love of someone, the fear of old age, and the fear of death. And, you know, essentially, these are the six major fears that prevents most of us from pushing forward or taking a leap of faith or doing something that may be that may take us to that next level that gets us out of our comfort zone. And, um, you know, it's, to me, it is, it's so accurate on how we move as a society, you know, and I will say for me, a lot of the people that I, you know, look at who have achieved goals and who I'm saying, okay, they are an aspiration or they are uh, an inspiration usually for the most part have in some way or another been able to at least address or quote unquote overcome at least I would say three out of the six because you really can't you know I mean let me not say actually one, three four four out of the six and to be, I mean fear is a, is a ongoing fight right right you never right yeah and that's a that's a fair thing fear is an ongoing fight and fear doesn't mean that you necessarily you know, to say I've I've accomplished it or I've overcome it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have those feelings of fear come up every now and again. I think what it is is you don't allow it to over overwhelm you to the point that 
you become still in any movement. And and um sorry, you be just become still and won't do anything. There's no movement or no progress or anything. There's fear, you address it, you overcome it, and you keep pushing forward. And I think that's the the biggest difference between that and someone who just, you know, they always have an excuse, right? Um, for something and, and using that excuse as a reason to not move forward with something. Right. What is the fear of reproach? Can you, uh, that one kind of, um, I wasn't sure what exactly that is. Is that like rejection? Reproach? I don't have Yeah, that wasn't that number two? I have poor, reproach, sick, unloved, getting old, and dying. I have criticism. I don't know which. Oh, one. okay. So maybe that's what I. Uh, okay. Maybe one? I wrote a synonym because I didn't. Okay. Well, criticism. Repulsion. Yeah, repulsion is the same maybe. thing. It's the same. It's pretty much the same thing. But that is the fair criticism. Where you got your copy from, Sean? Where did you get your? Copy? <laughs> I got the bootleg copy. I got the Jamaica Avenue copy. So. <laughs> uh, the fifth. The the fear of criticism. Um, and, okay. And that's yeah. That's yeah. that's very real. That's very real. You know, I I, I think it's so interesting that there is such. There's such a high level of fear of criticism when I feel like we live in a world where people are so eager to criticize someone. Yeah. Is is, is that does that sound a little off to me or to you? Or? I should be like a less fear because criticism is a dime a dozen, right? Everyone right. has an opinion, so it should be valued less. But instead, it increases the fear. Some people it increases right. the fear because mm-hmm. so many people have opinions. So I can attest to my, you know, for me early on a lot of my business endeavors i was definitely uh i was so i I was fearful of the criticism right but also was just fearful my own self my own criticism like it had to be perfect it had to be a certain way because everybody's gonna say something right and feedback and Mm -hmm. why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that and i don't know at what point in life it was kind of like whatever right it was like as long as I know I'm going to keep working to improve upon it, right? Because there's always going to be criticism. They will, they will, you can have the most perfect product in the world, perfect service. There will be some criticism. So, you know, you once you start moving forward and moving past that, again, doesn't mean that all of a sudden. But I think I forgot at what point where growing up, I used to always hear, oh, no matter what, you can't please everybody, right? You can't please everybody. And... To the, you can't. You just can't, right? Doesn't mean you go out your way to, you know, uh, knock anybody or insult, or ignore anybody, yeah, or insult yeah. anyone. But especially when it comes to business or trying to do stuff, you know, I really scrub. You can't really be too afraid of criticism. I know for us in this show, we always ask for feedback, right? Give us feedback so we can keep making the show better, right? Uh, and we can cover topics that you, the audience, would like to hear. And I think it's how you manage and how you deal with criticism um, definitely can help be used to push forward, right? There's constructive criticism, and then there's just criticism to criticize, right? And I think nowadays it's just widespread criticism uh, just to criticize, but at the same time, people are scared to of the criticism. It's, you know, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Yeah, you just got to know which one's which, right? You've got to know the constructive. And then you can even take constructive criticism from <laughs> non-constructive. You can see the note behind the note as they put it. So. Right, right, right. Um, I saw, I'm just what I, I saw today in regards to criticism, I saw someone on social media today criticize someone and then got criticized for her criticism, right? 
and then you know it, it became like a loop you know what i mean it became like a loop of criticism i was like well you're no longer even arguing about the topic now you're arguing like, about it was just the like, argument. like don't criticize this and i was like and i'm just looking like the michael jackson gift when he's eating popcorn <laughs> you know like what is going on here so um yeah definitely uh interesting and the the fear of poverty, right? Um, I just want to touch on that. I thought that was very interesting, especially we live in America, right? And this is supposed to be the land of riches and opportunity, and but there is a high, you know, the poverty is a real problem here in this country. And I'm only speaking from this from that from this perspective. But I thought the fear of poverty was interesting because um, I don't know what that truly means. I don't. I don't really know what. What does the fear of poverty, right? Like, what I think it's a concept of. It's not a. It's not a, an amount. It's a lifestyle. It's a uh, socioeconomic class. Mm. That, that's how I took it. Mm. I think it was. I think it was. It was. I think it might be personally a little bit hard for me to relate or to truly grasp that concept because I'm like, I mean, I grew up in poverty. I don't think a lot of people are going to live like that, right? Or you don't usually regress to that point, right? And when you think about poverty, you don't really regress. So maybe, mm-hmm. I think with that point, it might have been something that I might not have gotten because it was written during a depression, right? And that might be, uh, uh, you know, poverty was on a whole different level then. But uh, Well, also, you're not afraid of it because you confronted it. You said, oh, you said you said you grew up in poverty. Yeah. Oh, so. oh, look at you, look at you bringing. <laughs> I'm the, saying, no, no, you're, the, you're right, you're right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I guess for that it was it was a little. I I think that should be the least of. I think that should be the least of most people's fears nowadays, especially if you're going on your entrepreneurial grind. Um, I I I doubt, I doubt we're gonna hear any stories of you know your business fails so bad that you fell down to the depths of poverty. So that's hopefully that should be an easy. Uh, fear to overcome out of the six so you're already halfway there on your way if that is the case um yeah so that's really all i have uh you know from this book i thought it was a great yeah. book great book great insight you know great guide to help you get you in a great mind space uh to start your business or even if you're not trying to start a business or you know you're just trying to become a better you as a person um and achieve some personal goals in life i think this is a, a great great book to start off and, and to kind of uh begin your journey of, of self-mastery yeah definitely anything else you want to add to or you're good uh nah i think we hit everything i have written down here so um yeah all right so that's a wrap on this week's episode if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show shoot us a message on any of our social media channels or shoot us an email at questions at businessgrindshow.com. Also, if you like the show and information we're sharing, please share it with your friends. See you again soon. And in the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors.